Have you ever felt at a loss, scratching your head, maybe even pulling your hair out level? No clue what to do to get them to care? You're certainly not alone. Every coach has been in this spot where you just can't seem to figure out what to do to fix what's going on. We have a remedy for getting unstuck <clears throat> boot camp, uh, and I'll share that at the end of the episode. But for now, join in to hear how even this champion Hall of Fame coach Alicia Smith occasionally goes through the same thing. All right, enjoy. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing, And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. We are here with Alicia's season. We've got a bit to cover. There's been a lot going on but excited to dig into it. So Alicia, start us off. Uh, we left you last at spring break. Mm-hmm. So there's been a big, a lot in between then. So mm-hmm. catch us up on the highlights, lowlights, everything in between. Well, it's it's crazy because it seems like it was so far away, but really on the calendar, it was only a couple months. So it's eight weeks or something like that. So um, a regular season started, uh, with a new opponent we've never played before, um, but we knew they would be good. So it was an away game and my pitcher, my number one pitcher who had taken us to the semifinals last year was, is a senior now. So she started the first game and I think it was the first inning we had two outs, kind of a lazy fly to between shortstop and left field. And the ball was in the glove and was then no longer in the glove and on the ground. So they scored a run and that's how the game ended one zero. So I think that was kind of a, a premonition of how the season was going to go. And uh, it was quite frustrating, but you know, it's like, okay, first game, like first game jitters, maybe it's not a big deal. Um, and then, so after the game was over, we played another game and lost again, but by a lot more. So, you know, it's never good to to lose. We had just talked about the competitiveness, you know, and we walk out to the huddle and the girls are just laughing and telling jokes. And I was like, what? And my assistant coach called him out on it. Like, what's so funny? Like, I hate to lose. I love to win, but I hate to lose more than I love to win. And it just, it didn't settle with us very well. Um. We told him who didn't settle with us very well. And, you know, we have, we didn't have all these crazy high expectations coming back from the postseason from last year, because regardless if you replace one person or seven or eight, it's a new team. So we had a lot of new faces on the team. We had some that had been pulled up for JV that were there in experienced postseason, but didn't really play that we're now starting. Um, we had some new pitchers. We had two new freshmen. So um, we knew that it was going to be a lot of learning kind of combining the experience with the new kids. So uh, next day we play our crosstown rival. Um, We win a close game. And then I think we won the second one as well. Um, And then we just, I don't know. It felt like we were almost going through the motions sometimes because there's always this level of heightened energy when you play a rival, I think. And that was good, but they just wouldn't sustain it. 
for whatever reason. So the next time we played another another team that, you know, we've started kind of a newer rivalry with, we we won both games, but they didn't feel like good wins, I guess, because but you know, at the beginning you're like, okay, this is the first, you know, six to eight games you have you figure out what you really need to work on. I think we talked about that kind of breaking the season into thirds. We kind of shuffled a couple people around in positions, trying different things. Um, but we also had a lot of work to do when it came to a lot of the basics, right? And that's one of the things that we've noticed. Um, I would say some of the overall general softball IQ is not there. Like uh, an example is we were practicing in practice, bases loaded, ground ball to the first baseman, and she throws it to home plate. Um, excuse me, I apologize. She tags first base and then throws it to home plate. And they didn't quite understand why that was a tag at home. So, you know, it's stuff like that. It's like, well, what do you mean it's not a tag? So, because we were explaining like when that happens, yell, tag, tag. Well, why? I don't understand. Isn't it a force? So it's stuff like that, that we've really had to break down a lot more than in the past. And that's fine. Like maybe that's just because some of the kids are a little more inexperienced or whatever. So it's not a judgment. It's just a statement that, okay. And a realization from a coach's standpoint. Right. So, um, after that, the next, we had kind of like almost, a, a pretty much of a gauntlet. It was a Thursday away game, far away, Friday away game, far away and Saturday, a tournament. So those three days, I think we played two, four, six, six, seven games in three days, which is a lot, especially that early in the season. Um, I did apologize to the kids because one of those games in the middle was scheduled way ahead of time than one before I had the other schedule. So it just kind of happened that way, but it is what it is. We had a lot of pitchers, so we were okay with that, not burning out any one or two pitchers. But uh, those Thursday, Friday games, we just got hammered. I think we gave up 10 runs in one game or one inning, the first inning of the first game. Uh, the team was ranked. They were the other team, one of the four teams in the semifinals on the other side of the bracket last year, a very great program in the state of Michigan. So it was not good. And by Saturday, you know, we we did split the the turn or the the games. Um, the last game. Uh, I'm not joking when we had to stop because there was sleet falling. Um, it was in the, towards the end of April, which is just really strange, but it's like, oh my God, it's sleeting out. There's no need for us to continue this game. So we had just barely started that third game, but we didn't finish. Um, so it, I don't know. I don't know how to describe what was happening. Um, I, I felt like at the time there's a difference between not knowing where to throw the ball because we haven't practiced that and just the way they were playing. It, and it just wasn't with a sense of urgency. It wasn't competing. They weren't competing. Uh, and it was hard to watch because we can, we can take those other things and work with them. But that part was a little bit difficult, even from the returning players, right? Which it wasn't just a couple or some of the new kids. It's like, What's going on with you? So um, we gave them we gave them Monday off because I knew how exhausted I was on Saturday, Sunday. I can't imagine how they were. So we actually gave them that Monday off. Um, and then we had another game that was snowed out at the end of April. I, I just, it was the strangest, like it was so cold in April, which usually it's chilly, but it usually doesn't snow. Uh, we usually get rained out. So that was kind of like, okay, here's a, you know, so we were doing the whole thing we've talked about before. We're practicing inside endlessly. 
So we decided to try to change it up a little bit. We had small group hitting instead. So like we could just kind of really break down some of the things um, with my hitting coaches that they could really focus on. Uh, we had small group meetings. Um, we've also been really at during this time frame, really kind of pounding the mental part, right? So we've we're we're trying the program that we did with your team. I'm implementing with my team. And um I, I know I talked about in the beginning um, how we did a lot of practices together uh, and how sometimes that was a good thing. But at times I also felt like we didn't have a time to focus on the things that we really wanted to, like culture, goals, all those things that we normally do. So we kind of had to to do that a little bit, uh, a little bit later than what I would like to or that I recognized. It was like, oh, my gosh, we haven't even done this. So it was very interesting. We were on, at another inside practice and. So, okay, guys, we're, we're going to work on our goals. What do you want your goals to be? Silence. And I thought, oh my goodness, what is going on? Like this last year, it was like, we want to do this. We want to do this. We want to do this. And I have also felt during the season, they were saying all the right things because I almost wonder if they've been conditioned to say these things. Right. But it, okay, so that's a reflection on me. So, okay, they're saying the right things, but they sure don't believe them. They sure don't understand even necessarily even what they're saying. So during this goal talk, um, somebody finally says, live our culture, win the conference, kind of like the same things, right? And then finally, somebody said, after three to four minutes, win a state championship. And it was just like that. And it's like, what? Like, whoa, whoa. And I called them out immediately. I'm like that. It took you three or four minutes to say that. So what does that say about what you really think or feel or believe? So we kind of dug into that over the next week or two. And I wasn't sure what, what that was all about either. I was very confused because the team felt very not confident. They felt very robotic, uh, saying the things they feel like they should say, but not really with any oomph behind it. And they sure weren't backing it up at practice with their effort. So those were the things that kind of happened over the course of the first, you know, three weeks or so. And then we ended up going to um, a, another conference opponent and just, you know, just didn't play well. Um we lost two games again, and here we are sitting at, I don't even know, below a below 500 record, right? So, uh, which I've told them a hundred times, it's never about the outcome. It's never about the record. It's never about the wins, but the level of effort just wasn't there. Okay. I have a bunch of questions. So I don't know which one I want to land on first. So... <laughs> I have a hard time keeping track of when we talked about what, but I want to ask a further question about their demeanor, their mentality, their approach, the energy, like the vibe they were bringing. When did you start to feel like enough's enough? Like it wasn't just like, ah, we're a day. Okay. Maybe there's excuses for it. What made you feel like, no, 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 no. This needs to be like, press pause, this needs to be addressed so we can work on it. What happened to make you realize, okay, this is what I need to shift? Because there's some things like you can let work out on their own, but other things like we've talked about, we got to work through. <laughs> I think part of it was that after we lost those two games, 
um, that last doubleheader. It was towards the end of April um, where they didn't play well. And I di we didn't have anything to say because we were repeating ourselves after every practice, every game, we were saying the same things, give effort, give effort, give effort. Um, and so we decided we didn't have anything else to say. So I walked out to right field. I said, okay, guys, uh, be at practice at whatever time tomorrow. And I turned around and walked away. And then they looked at, I think each other and thought, oh, coach is mad. We should stay here and talk about it. <laughs> like, and I don't know what they said to each other. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but we had time as coaches to get into, we were in the dugout and we were just all looked at each other and said, what can we do differently? And we had put forth a lot of challenges. We had made challenges for them in practice. We were trying to make competition. We made shirts that they earned where it said metal on stop on the front heart on the back. So if you did something to earn a shirt, you got a shirt like, like, Hey, this person got this today, we this and everyone would cheer. And it was like, okay, you would want to earn the shirt, right? Like that was our thought process. And we threw it, we decided in that moment to throw it all out the window. We're going to scrap this competition crap. It's not working because the only thing they do is fight with each other when they didn't get a point because it didn't do a line, whatever it was, we scrapped it all. We're like, we just need to go back to basics because they don't know how to do a drop step correctly. They don't communicate in, in tweeners. They are not fundamentally fielding a ground ball correctly. I mean, name it. They don't understand the game. So we're like, okay, we have to really take not one step back, like 10. And it was in that dugout, we had that conversation where we're like, okay, we need to do something different because we are that whole quote. I'm horrible at quoting quotes, but about something about banging your head against the wall, like, like, or insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results or something. That's what we felt like we were doing. And it's like, I started to really get frustrated and so did they. And so, okay, we're going to scrap it all. We're going to start from scratch, starting the next practice. Was this the point where you were like, maybe I don't get this generation? <laughs> Not quite. I was pretty close. <laughs> I was pretty close because I think, um, I think the following, and then we had uh, that Saturday we had prom and we had a double header because our, our whole plan got scrapped to go to watch U of M play and go to a tournament the next day because that we had just this endless rain where they decided they had to call it a couple of days sooner. So we invited a team from the East side to come play us so we could play because on the West side, it wasn't raining as much. So I was pretty close. And then I just, no, yeah, I think I was pretty close to like, I am so confused. What is happening? Because yeah, I, I told them in, in a huddle, I, we aren't talking about last year, but I'm like, because it's not about what the team accomplished last year, but what I am going to do is bring up last year because this is crap. What is happening? You guys aren't even competing in practice. I had asked them to make, I had given them an assignment as well. I had asked them to, I bought the poster boards, I bought the markers and I put it in the dugout or excuse me, the locker room. And I said, I want you guys to make a quab board. We're going to track our quabs. You make the board. And I bought these little paw stickers because we're the wildcats and they can put a wildcat sticker paw every time they have a quab. And uh, at this point, it's the beginning of May. 
and they still hadn't made the damn board. And I brought that up because after that weekend, after prom, we had a doubleheader against a conference opponent. And that is where I lost my shit because they didn't do the quad board, even though I, you know, it's sitting in the locker room. They refused to try and practice. Uh, we we did the whole thing where if you don't dive in practice uh, for a ball that's, you know, to try to catch it, five burpees for everybody. We started putting consequences on. We we tried We tried so many things, but nothing was working because nobody wanted to try. And I'm wondering, is it because you're that freaking afraid to make a mistake? Do you not care? Or is there something else I'm completely missing? Something that I'm not used to. Now, I've had the amazing luxury of having some amazing athletes, right? And some kids that really give a shit. But these kids acted like they didn't. And, you know, my number one pitcher got hurt for a little bit. And we were in all sorts of what ways. Like, so, okay, it happens. You've got to work through it. We had we had the numbers to pitch, but sometimes we just got like the tail between the legs. Uh, a lot of individuals uh, being upset because they weren't doing well. Even if we won, they're like, well, I didn't do very well. What am I doing wrong, coach? All the time. But they wouldn't listen for the feedback or like nobody's pouting. That's what you're doing wrong. Pouting and all of the things. And so I was really lost. And so after after that first uh, doubleheader in May, I just I took him out to left field and they had my first come to Jesus meeting. And I just I yelled. I was passionate. I was frustrated. But I just told them, I just am asking you to try. That's all I'm asking you to do is try. And last year, this is where I'm bringing up last year, you did try. You're not trying. And I don't understand. So then I, then you start spiraling as a coach. What, what am I doing wrong? Did I lose it? Do I not have the magic? Because that's what Emily would always tell me, my pitching coach go sprinkle your magic on them and change it. And I'm like, it doesn't work that easily, but a lot of things I've said in the past or done in the past, or we, we as coaches have done in the past have worked and nothing was working. And then I start to get a little bit of sense of panic because we aren't taking steps forward. We're taking lots of steps backwards, but the part that bothered everyone on the coaching staff the most is they acted like they didn't give a shit and they wouldn't try in practice. The only two things like be a good teammate and try. That's really not hard. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't care about the outcome, but you aren't, you weren't even trying. You didn't even take the time to make the quad board and it's been sitting in the locker room for weeks. I am reliving the frustration uh, of Mm -hmm. still really not understanding what to do. And I think as a coach, we always talk about wanting to fix it. And I tell myself this, I can't fix it. I need to understand it in order to try to help them. But I, I, I didn't, I also realized I wasn't having the same level, like I didn't have the relationship or connection with this group, which is odd because I've coached so many of them for so long. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is so, everything was so incredibly different from every direction. I didn't know where to begin. I didn't know where to start. And I couldn't even really talk to my kids because they would Mm -hmm. give me the robotic answers or 
the most common answer was when I asked him in a much nicer way, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, what's going on? I don't know. I don't know, coach. I don't know. So either they weren't willing to do the work. I didn't do a good job of digging deep enough. And I didn't know how, because I was so freaking lost with how to even freaking communicate with them. So I'm grateful for you for sharing this because myself included could look at, oh, Alicia, how many years of success? Hall of Famer. She doesn't go through this stuff. We all do. And I think what has given you the success that you've had and more importantly, the relationships you've built with your teams throughout the years and like prime example, the showing for them celebrating your hall of fame induction was your ability to use your stubbornness for good. (laughs) Like you would not have given up. So now talk to us about when it started to turn when you felt yourself almost like let go of the panic mode and start to inch your way through that. This whole thing, I think I felt pressure in order to turn them around, to to sprinkle the magic, like Emily says, and be able to, to make it happen because I always do. But it isn't, again, it isn't always me. The team always does. And I feel like that was there, but not really recognizing it until on the way to driving on the way to our district game. So I didn't feel like I had the words and I was really struggling with that. And that is not normal for me either to struggle with not knowing what to do or what to say or how to fix it. Mm -hmm. And I know I use that word knowing that's not exactly what I mean, but, um, so that was pretty cool. And I was really emotional that day. And I thanked all my kids for, for being a part of it. But um, we did go on a little bit of a winning streak, but I will say the competition wasn't super tough. Um, and we had like several games where we won. And at times energy was there and at times it wasn't. And at times we were still sleepwalking. And at times um, we were able just to win regardless of how bad or good we were playing. And um, then we had our Monday game the week before Memorial Day. And we went to an opponent who in the past hasn't always been very good, but they are greatly improved over the course of the last couple of years. Um, so we just, I don't, again, it was this sleepwalking through. Nobody seemed to give a shit. Pitchers weren't warming up when they were supposed to. You ask pitcher, she was warm. We had crying in the dugout. We have kids that are like spaced out. We have kids that are deciding they don't want to be there for various reasons. And I won't go into detail. I don't want to call any kids out, but it's just accumulation of all this stuff kind of came out that day. And it's like, no matter how many times we say something, no matter how many times we try, we even one day, by the way, had done, we just scrap practice and we did the opposite game. Like these kids just need to have some fun again, right? We've done various things in the past. So we said, okay, we're going to bring out a, a light flight and today's opposite day. You have to put your, glo- if you're a right-handed person, you have to put your glove on your right hand and throw with the left. If you're a right-handed batter, you have to hit for the left, etc. And you're going to play a little game. Holy crap. They had fun. They were jumping up and down and celebrating all the things. And 
you know, it just, it got to the point as well, where during the season, I was like, we don't have anybody on the bench. So we actually kind of shortened our JV season a little bit. We moved a couple teams uh, up in the schedule and canceled the last game. So I could have some of these kids on JV. So we could, you know, have runners on the bench. We had more pitchers. And so that game, the opposite game, I thought, okay, like maybe this is the thing they needed. You know, there's always something during every season that you're like, this is what they needed to help turn it around. And it worked for a day or two, and then they're just back to their normal ho-humness sometimes. So I think for all of us coaches who are uber competitive, who all, you know, my three assistant coaches played for me before in the past, which is awesome that they're here. It's hard to watch, right? So that Monday, I, I mean, I my blood is starting to just boil because we're here we are with maybe two games left in the season after this, and it's like, Maybe they just don't care. Maybe they really don't care. And that is like, mm, this is not fun. It's not fun when they don't care. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. It's not fun when they're not trying. <laughs> it's not fun when you ask the pingers to warm up and nobody's warm because it's something they should do. And they're chit-chatting in the dugout. And somebody comes up to them and says, hey, by the way, get on the fence and start cheering. And they're like, mm, I don't want to. All of that was like, this doesn't happen here. I hear about it, but it doesn't happen here, but it's happening here. And so after that first game, I asked him very specifically to go warm up uh, out in the cages with one of our coaches. And a couple of them did. Most of them were sitting behind the dog eating like it's travel ball. And I'm like, this is. So um, I didn't sleep that night. I'm frustrated. I'm like, it's it's too late. We don't have time to turn this around. It's done. It's over. Cause that's why I felt that night. But the next day I always wake up and I'm like, okay, we're going to come back and try again. Cause I don't quit. Nobody on this team quits. My coaches don't quit. We may feel like it in the moment. And I get that. So we come back the next day to practice and um, I pull up and the kids are coming out from the locker room, ready to practice. I get back in the locker room. And the previous week, uh, I do want to preface this conversation we had in the locker room with the previous week I had pulled them in uh, after watching endless balls just fall and nobody trying that I was done setting the standard for them. My standard is clear every single day. You try and you're a good teammate and you continue not to do that. So what I want you to do is start setting your own standards for your own practices and games of what you deem acceptable and what you deem not acceptable. So fast forward to Tuesday, I go in the locker room and I don't even start talking before I start crying because I'm, I'm emotional, frustrated, exhausted in all the things that coaches feel. Um, and I said, I, <laughs> I don't think you understand what I sacrificed to be here for you every day. Uh, my daughter played middle school soccer this year on top of travel. So she had some kind of soccer, something almost every day. And I saw one game and the game I saw was played in sideways rain, 40 degrees, and I was really, really sick. Um, that was another thing that happened to me this season that impacted, I think, some of it too, is I got pretty sick, um, which I never get sick. And I got sick and um, I missed a practice. I can count how many practices I've missed on one hand in 26 years. And this isn't fair to the kids. But how I took it or how I felt was, if that happened a few years ago, 
I would have had kids calling me, texting me, and probably show up at my house to see if I'm okay because I don't miss practice. And I miss practice and I didn't even get a text. Like, where's coach? She okay? So that showed me, at least in my mind, the level of relationship that I have built with these kids is probably not strong enough or what I'm used to. So I kept, I can't put blame on the kids. I have to figure it out. What can I do differently? So during this speech in the locker room that Tuesday after that Monday game, I brought up the sacrifice that not only on myself makes, but my other two coaches who have two young children at home. And then uh, Emily, who's taking her master's and starting a new job and all the things that she's doing. It's so much and it's draining. And I said, I don't, I didn't plan this out. I never do. But at the end of the speech, I said, if this is the way it's going to be moving forward, where you act like you don't give it, I'm done. Because I don't want to coach when kids don't give it and don't fight for the program. Because I have, I have been doing this longer than any of you have been alive times too. And this program means so much to me. And if you're going to wear my t-shirt and honor my legacy on my day a few weeks ago. And this is how you honor it by not trying and not caring. I'm out. I have nothing left to prove, nothing else to do other than add more names to my list of kids I've impacted. And I can tell you right now, I don't feel like I've done that this year and that's on me. But if you're not going to reciprocate the effort that we put into you, peace out, I'm done. And I really meant that because I have felt that way for the last month. And that was hard. That was really hard. And I said, I will be clear. We're not quitting on you. We're still going to show up. And if this is something that you want, but if you don't want it anymore, I will tell you honestly and truthfully, it's okay, but you need to tell us so we don't give you all this and not get anything back and get really frustrated with you. So if you want to finish your season like this, just tell us. We'll cancel all the practices. We'll just play the games. We'll lose in districts and we'll be done. And you can go home. You can go to college. You can do all the things that you want to do because that's the perception. Whether that's reality or not, I can't tell you, but we all perceive that. So I said, okay. And I drew a line, a horizontal line on the whiteboard. And I started throwing them these white mar whiteboard markers. And I said, before you leave this locker room, I want you to put above and below the line, what is your standard for the rest of the year? Everyone should put something above and everyone should put something below. And they did it with hesitation. But they did it. And as one person went up, another one went up. And they came up with all the right things, 110% effort, share on my teammates, no excuses, blah, blah, blah. And I said, this is awesome, guys, but I'm so sick of seeing the words. I want the action. You can't say it and not do it. So I'm going to leave the locker room. And how you walk out in practice today will tell me everything I need to know about how you want the rest of the season to go. And was part of that speech, my emotion and my exhaustion and my frustration, 100%. Did it come from the heart? 
And that's who I am. Like I'm super emotional and I will tell you what's on my mind and I'm all heart. And when you don't get that back, that sucks. And that's just not what Madawan, and that's not what I want Madawan softball to represent. So they were in there for a few minutes and they came out dead silent, but they went out to the field and they threw like they should throw. And they had a pretty decent practice. I did not expect 180 degrees in day one, but um, they had a pretty decent practice. And then the next day I asked him, I'm like, okay, like I let that go and I come to practice normal. And I said, okay, like, what do you guys want to work on today? Tweeners, because we had sucked at them on Monday. So we worked at tweeners and they were diving all over the place and they were cheering each other on and they were having fun and they were trying. And I said, that's all I ask that you do. This is fun when you try. And if you miss, it's okay. But this is all I've ever asked of you all year long is that when there's a ball that's close to you, you try and dive. You try when you're up to bat. And uh, then we went to uh, a rival, good team, and they did the same thing. They made some amazing plays where they were diving and throwing from their rear ends across the field. And the team went nuts and we competed and we won both games. So I told them I was proud of them for choosing because that's what they did. We talk about that all the time, how it's a choice. And I think that's why I even got more frustrated with them during the season because they were, and I told them that in my speech, you're choosing this. So conscious or not, you're choosing it and it's not okay um, to, to choose this because what you guys don't understand is I don't want you to settle on the field. I don't want you to settle in the classroom. I don't want you to settle for a job or any relationship that you're in. I don't want you to settle. I don't want you to choose to be average. And that's what you're doing every day out here. And it frustrates me because I want you guys to be these really strong women when you grow, grow up. (laughs) And, and this, this is, these are the things I want to teach you guys. So stop settling and stop choosing. And I was proud of them for choosing at least those few days to change. And we're going to wrap it here, but don't worry. We will definitely follow up with one more episode to wrap her season. And spoiler alert, culture wins in the end. So if you want to start building that kind of culture that can survive this kind of challenge, you're in luck. Softball Coaches Culture Bootcamp is back! For those who don't know, Bootcamp is a three-part virtual experience where we guide you through creating your dream team blueprint. Think of it as your guiding compass to an amazing team culture. For those who do know, it's getting even better this round. Not only will we have another amazing special guest, but you will also get Alicia as my co-coach to help guide you through your blueprints. Doors open July 24th, we kick off August 7th, and to get the link to join directly to your inbox, head to mentalsweetspot.com slash waitlist to be the first to be notified. Again, you can get your tickets July 24th. We start August 7th, and you can join the waitlist now at mentalsweetspot.com slash waitlist. All right, coach, have a good one.